Sacred Footsteps presents Khayal Diaries, a series of personal accounts, narratives, and critical reflections on topics like Islamic history, culture, and travel. Join us as we showcase a global community of contributors, writers, and artists. Adam's Peak in Search of a Prophet by Zara Chowdhury The Toyota van we were travelling in pulled to a stop outside a small roadside restaurant in the hills of the Ratnapura district. Having driven along small dirt roads that weave through the green sloping tea fields Sri Lanka is so well known for, our tired legs thought that they had travelled a far greater distance than they actually had. Our starting point, Kitagula, was a mere 50 kilometres from here, but driving in the hills makes for a slow journey. Our reason for being here stood in the distance ahead of us. Adam's Peak, or Stripada as it's known by Buddhists, towered high above the other hills, giving the impression of great height. In reality, at 2,243 metres, it is only Sri Lanka's fifth tallest peak. This would be our best view of the mountain in its entirety, and we were fortunate that the day was not heavily overcast. From here, the further we travelled towards the mountain, our view of it would be obstructed, so this, our guide instructed us, was where we were to take any photos. We continued driving further for another 20 minutes to the base of the mountain. It was still pilgrimage season, though not for much longer. Small wooden huts filled with various types of goods, ranging from sweets to woolly hats, still line the route leading to the entrance of the trail. Yeah, you can, you can go close, man. Okay. Yeah, you can record Hindu record. Hello. 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 As we walked uphill, the smell of incense and the sounds of Bollywood, yes, Bollywood, filled the air. My travelling companions and I were visibly Muslim, or rather my sister and I were, due to our hijabs, and we were aware that we had an audience. However, the attention we drew was not at all negative. The vast majority of those present, bar a couple of European travellers, were Sri Lankan Buddhists and Hindus, but the attention we drew was friendly and welcoming. One woman invited me to try the snack she was selling for free. It looked like a stick, literally, which I later found out is called Ordeal, chewed and eaten for its health benefits. Though it left a slightly bitter aftertaste, it wasn't at all unpleasant. Another young man, Sandu, welcomed us with salams and gave us free sweets from his shop, as he said, for friendship. At the summit of Adam's Peak stands a temple built around a large indentation in rock. This indentation is believed by the faithful to be a footprint. There are numerous historical texts from various countries and traditions that mention Adam's Peak and the religious beliefs associated with it, Chinese, Tibetan, Portuguese, even English. For Buddhists, who boast a vast tradition of pilgrimage and ritual associated with the site, the footprint belongs to Buddha. For Hindus, it is that of Shiva. For Christians, the Apostle St. Thomas. 
For Muslims, there is a historical tradition that suggests that it's the footprint of the Prophet Adam, peace be upon him, marking the spot on which he landed after expulsion from paradise. There is no suggestion, however, that this belief is supported by authentic sources in the Islamic tradition. What seems clear is that Muslims have, in some capacity or other, been visiting the site from at least the 13th century onwards. On his visit, Marco Polo encountered them towards the end of the century, though he wrongly believed Adam's grave to be at the top, and Giovanni de Marignoli, a monk from Florence, visited in the 14th century where he met a Spanish Muslim. Other such examples can be found in travel literature in subsequent centuries also. The earliest reference to Adam's Peak in relation to the prophet Adam can be found in the 9th century book Kitab al-Islam, The Book of Images of Gods, by Ibn al-Qalbi. His book, discovered in the 20th century but known before that due to other sources referencing it, is quoted by several Arabic sources of the Middle Ages, such as Jakut, who refers to Adam's Peak as Ar-Rahum, and Ibn al-Ghazi in his work Tablish Iblish, The Delusion of the Devil. The most extensive account by a Muslim author of the site is that of the great traveller Ibn Battuta, who also climbed the summit and described the route in detail. On his journey to the peak, and also on the way back, he mentions a number of notable places, such as, quote, the cave of Baba Tahir, who was one of the pious, end quote, the cave of Shisham, who is Seth, the son of Adam, and, quote, the village of At-Kalanja, where the tomb of Abu Abdullah ibn Khafif is situated, end quote. About the route itself, he says, There are two roads on the mountain leading to the foot of Adam. The one is known by the way of Baba, the other by the way of Mama, by which they mean Adam and Eve. The way called out of Mama is easy. To it the travelers come upon their first visiting the place, but everyone who has traveled only upon this is considered as if he had not made the pilgrimage at all. The way named Baba is rough and difficult to ascend. Today, there are still two routes used. The first, which is the easier of the two, takes around three hours, while the longer takes around seven and is 15 kilometers in distance. Even the shorter route has 5,500 steps, so it is by no means an easy climb. Ibn Badutta also mentions the steps. He says, At the foot of the mountain where the entrance is, there is a minaret named after Alexander and a fountain of water. The ancients have cut something like steps upon which one may ascend and have fixed in iron pins to which chains are appended. And upon these, those who ascend take hold. Of these chains, there are ten in number, the last of which is termed the chain of witness, because when one has arrived at this and looks down, the frightful notion seizes him that he shall fall. After the tenth chain is the cave of Khidr, in which there is a large space and at the entrance a well of water full of fish, which is also called after his name. Of the ten chains that he describes, only one remains. The location of the cave of Khidr, a figure who is mentioned in the Qur'an, is unknown. When Ibn Badutha reaches the summit, he describes the footprint. The holy footmark is in a stone so that its place was depressed. The length of the impression is 11 spans. Sadly, on my visit, with my two young children in tow, we were not able to climb the peak, though I plan on returning one day to do so.
As we walk back down the slopes, away from the entrance of the trail and back to our starting point, I remember noticing how relaxed the atmosphere felt. Though it's far from certain whether or not the traditions associated with the site have any truth in them, it felt good to be in a place that holds some meaning for people of so many different backgrounds, a claim that cannot be made for many other places on earth. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contribute to Chayal Diaries, send us a written proposal to submissions at sacredfootsteps.org. We're present everywhere on social media as Sacred Footsteps and on Twitter as S Footsteps. Mm-hmm.